Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Welcome in to Kicking It. There's an appropriate G at the end of kicking it. It's 2024, completely new leaf. We are, we're, Grant, we are professionals now. There are too many cyclones almost in the Super Bowl for us to be just kicking it with an apostrophe. Kicking it. You're right, dude. We got to be more professional here. There's too many people that are, <laughs> that are counting on us. Uh, kicking it is brought to you by Kelderman Manufacturing. Um, I got a question about, I wonder if so Kelderman does laser cutting and stuff. And I think uh, Williams is going to get a grill kind of cut to him. Do you think he could cut uh, yes. a, yes. Yep. I mean, the answer is yes, but a grill that has a middle finger on it that would fit a Toyota Tundra. So Absolutely. I actually, I heard Williams talking about that, a grill and like first comes to mind. I thought like a, like a, like a cooking grill. Oh, I thought you were talking about like a grill, like a Paul wall grill no, in, well, his, in your teeth. That's uh, I'm gangster. I don't, I'm like that guy. I don't think Calderman's probably doing a grill for your teeth. But the reason why I ask about the uh, we can inquire the middle finger on the Toyota Tundra. So so Brock has been sponsored by Toyota. He's done a couple of con- uh, commercials for Toyota. I bet he's got a Tundra. He definitely needs just a middle finger grill because the amount of shit that he has gotten for no real reason for a long time, which I feel like in one drive, he's way too nice to do it. But all of us can of flipping the bird to everybody that just has the Brock Purdy hate train. So that I, I just I bet Kelderman could do. I, that. I don't think he would do the middle finger though, just because Brock doesn't swear he's perfect. Yeah, he's too nice. Thumbs down though, fair game. Oh, he would do a thumbs down or a dis. If you could just get, uh, ooh, what about what about Matt Campbell disapproving head nod, just like a, a bottom yeah. like a lips pursed. But see, like, like sort of just me head, and my like, friends in high school started doing thumbs down in traffic. If someone cuts you off, <laughs> thumbs down. I like that. And that hurts a, middle finger. a little bit more than a middle finger. It's just, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. Yeah, exactly. I am so disappointed. you can disappointed. do that every time. There's you won't even, offend anyone. Even if there's a kid in the car. Yeah. If you can't flip the bird with a kid in the car. I mean, you could. It's just you then look like a jerk if you're flipping the bird at a child. Uh, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's, and then and then you get your kids started doing it. Like, what a yeah, what, what a power absolute, move. Yeah. <laughs> someone cuts you off, or you just someone, you rolled on the back window, and your kids just giving someone <laughs> just thumbs down, hard thumbs down, thumbs all the way down. Did I just get thumbs down by that kid? Oh my god, that was a seven year old just thumbs down me in traffic. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what, man? I didn't mean to. I was just I'm late for this meeting. I was driving a little bit fast. I know I was a little bit too close to your bumper. I am sorry. Just, we're in traffic. Just you don't have to apologize. Just just move on. Um, we are in the Wild Rose Casino studios, as per the usual. Co- your uh, Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network is fueled by Cody Road. Um, but yeah, I think we want to. I wanted to start with the NFL playoffs, just because there are so many Cyclones that are playing, uh, including for those that have either the clip that is on social media or that are are watching this on YouTube. You get yourself a fancy jersey, Dave Montgomery, baby. I know he's not still with the Bears, but. Um, this is one of one of two jerseys I have. The other jersey I have is like a sweater jersey of Ladanian Tomlinson. A plus. Yep. A plus. Um, I should wear it sometime. It's pretty sweet. Um, is that Chargers LT? Yeah. Powder, baby powder blue. Ooh, that's nice. Yellow. A little uh, bolt on the sleeve on the shoulder. Yes. Mm. A powder that's blue LT jersey is about the best as it gets. That's about as good as I'll it try gets. to wear it next time. The powder blue remember. Chargers jerseys are about as good as they get. Yeah. I'll I'll try to wear that next time. 
Um, but yeah, my brother got this for me for Christmas, uh, I think his rookie year. And I, I usually wear it once or twice a year for my fancy football draft and then just a random time. I'm sure like you know when they're playing and Bears never really went to the playoffs and now they're in the playoffs and you know, go well, down. They, they're not in the playoffs. David's in the playoffs. David's in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, they yeah. they still aren't in the playoffs. You're right. David is in the playoffs. David is in the playoffs. Um, they as in the team he's on. Yeah, the uh, this weekend, I feel like, you know, as, as Iowa State fans, this really has been sort of the first time that there have been enough cyclones in the NFL. You know, they show that graphic on TV or on the, on the big scoreboard when you're at the games or whatever. There's been enough cyclones in the NFL where the NFL, even if you have a team, it's really easy to root for other teams because of how many guys are on there. Like, the Packers 49ers was Anthony Johnson versus uh, Brock Purdy, obviously. The 49 or not the 49 the uh, Ravens versus the Texans was Xavier Hutchinson and Charlie Kohler. You have both those guys in there. The Bills game had AJ, who's been in the league for now, what, 14 years, 13 years, 15, 15 years. Uh, there's no representatives in the Chiefs. So we're going to pause that for a second. Uh, and Jeff then Scribes. Jeff, Scribes. Jeff, Jeff hates the Chiefs. And then the Buccaneers, there wasn't anybody in Buccaneers, but then Dave Montgomery's playing for the Lions. So Lions advance. And so now you have, uh, there were Cyclones on six different teams that were in the playoffs. One of the teams that didn't have a Cyclone got eliminated. And one of them that did, did got eliminated. So now you've got four left. Three of them have a Cyclone contributing significant snaps to some of which are like cornerstone guys. Like obviously Brock and Montgomery are cornerstone guys for their teams. Uh, so I don't know. It's just really cool as a, again, generally football agnostic. I don't have a team, um, but going into this postseason, you can't not root for the lions. And it'd be a cool story. You know, no matter who take the chiefs out of it, I don't want them to win. So any Same. of the three teams that would Same. be left, would win. This. it'd be a cool story because you know, the, the Lions haven't been to the you know the playoffs Super Bowl ever. They've won ever won Super Bowl. Never. They've won NFL championships, but that was what nineteen fifty seven. I think was the last one. So like that, that'd be cool one for Montgomery to be a part of that team if they were to win. It'd be cool for if Brock wins it because he you know that's the story. Mister, yeah, he's. I mean, and and the reason why Brock gets so much hate is it's he's getting like like the LeBron James treatment where ESPN Sports Center talk about LeBron James so much. People are like, okay, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of talking about him. That's why people hate him. Part of the reason why people hate him. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why people hate Brock Purdy because how do, how do you hate on the guy who is Mr. Irrelevant, making he's, making 900000 a year and just, yeah, he had no expectations. He's coming in just killing it. How do you hate on a guy like yeah, that? Yeah, and I think I feel like, yeah, it's one of those overexposure things that, that people get irritated with. I also think that um, I think a lot of people, um, so if we were to take this back 20 years ago, 20, 30, let's call it 30 years ago, I don't know, mid-90s. Uh, you have some guys that are doing these crazy things. Your Randall Cunningham's, your Brett Favre's, but the the guy like John Elway, like if you look at the statistics that John Elway had in the playoffs, were or in the games that he won, he's attempting like or Troy Aikman's a better example. Like Troy Aikman attempted like eighteen passes a game, and the reason why they were really successful in the nineties is because the way that the teams were constituted is that they were just be a good decision maker. Like you just get the ball to everybody else. That's what Brock does. And I think the reason why now is because you have guys that are truly generational talents that if you were to put, if you were to just take and pick up Brock out of San Francisco and pick all the other teams up and just shuffle who gets to be a quarterback, Brock's success level at the, at the at this new team is, is likely not to be as high as it is in San Francisco versus somebody like Lamar Jackson. You can put Lamar Jackson on any team in the NFL. You could put him on the Patriots right now, and they're awful, and they could still win. He could be a Panthers quarterback, and they go to the playoffs. He is that good. But I think people get mad because they play this like hypothetical switch the teams and everybody, well, he wouldn't do as well if he wasn't on the 49ers. Okay, I was thinking about this this weekend because you interact with enough people that are saying like, you know, Brock's, he's a mid-level quarterback. All right, fine, cool. I, I, I'm not going to dispute that because if you were to take him and put him on any other team, he's probably a mid-level quarterback. Probably wins a lot, but is probably statistically less significant than he is right now. But where he is in his current constitution of the roster, you have Debo, maybe he's going to play, maybe he's not. You have Christian McCaffrey, arguably the best offensive player, uh, not lame, named Lamar Jackson in the NFL. You got George Kittle. You have all these guys that are really good weapons. Trent Williams. Trent Williams, best offensive lineman, yeah. potentially one of the best, you know, all, definitely an all pro. In 2001, the Lakers had two guys by the name of Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. If you had Allen Iverson as the point guard for that team, that team is worse than if they have Derek Fisher because Kobe and Shaq need the shots. 
they don't need Allen Iverson to take 35 shots a game because that's taking away from the actual efficiency of the offense. Brock Purdy is Derek Fisher. You know how many championship rings Derek Fisher has? Five. You want Derek Fisher on your team? You want Allen Iverson on your team? Now, again, that's hot take of saying, like, would you want Allen Iverson? Of course you do. He's a great player. But for certain systems, the way that they run, if you were to take someone like Mahomes and put him on the 49ers, pretty damn good. Right? I'm not going to say he's not, because that's what they had when they had, like, Tyreek and Travis Kelsey, and they won a Super Bowl. Brock also might win a Super Bowl. And if you were to then say that, okay, now let's take Josh Allen and put Josh Allen on the 49ers. The 49ers offense, again, hot take, probably worse with Josh Allen on the 49ers roster because of the way that he plays. In the same way, the Bills offense is substantially worse if Brock plays there. Because Allen plays so freewheeling, the efficiency that the offense is built upon wouldn't work because he doesn't play in rhythm. He doesn't play in system. He plays and scrambles all over the place. So guys like Mahomes and Jackson are really the two guys that you can say like would exist as championship level quarterbacks anywhere. Josh Allen, again, he some may leads the NFL in interceptions over the last three years. And that is good and bad. And so then would you rather have a Josh Allen or rather have a Brock Purdy in the Shanahan system? Are you, it's better to have a Derek Fisher than it is to have an Allen Iverson. So yeah, is he a mid-level quarterback? I don't know. Who cares? He's 23 and six. If you include the games that he's finished, he's 23 and five and never lost a playoff game. Okay. Give me that mid-level quarterback then. It just doesn't, the hate doesn't make sense to me because every argument that you put out gets refuted except for the one that he can't throw it 90 yards. And that's, that's what I don't get too, is that people are, you know, they're enamored by Lamar because He's a freak athlete. I and mean, Lamar, to, to be fair, I think Lamar is the best player at any position in the NFL right now. I mean, yeah, and, and rightfully so. Lamar is a freak. People, you know, love Mahomes because he can chuck it 100 yards. People, you know, love Hurts because he's a stud. Well, Hurts is getting the, the tush push, you know, every time he's scoring. And you got Josh Allen, like you said, who's got a big arm and but throws a lot of a lot of interceptions. And, and the knock people have on Purdy is that he is a system quarterback. And, like, whenever they say it, I go, I get that. But at the same time, he's – you, you you have to have someone who who plays in that system well, and he is executing at a high level. So oh, so he's a bad quarterback because he's he's getting his weapons the ball like a quarterback is supposed to. Yeah, and it is one of those things that like somewhat the the Cam Newton hate that happened a while back of like uh, he's not a playmaker or whatever he's a he's a game manager what whatever. Would you rather have again taking the the guys that are generational talents, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Lamar Jackson are generational talents. It is it's sort of like saying like. You're not as good as Tom Brady, so you're not a good quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's a bit unfair of an assessment. So if you were to take those guys off the table, a guy like Brock, when you're playing quarterback, there is the way that football works as a quarterback is there is a read and a progression. Now, I'd like to break down those terms because what that means is before the snap is happening, you as the quarterback have a play called. And generally NFL, they have two of them called and two, sometimes three. Like Peyton Manning would have three plays in the line of scrimmage he gets to choose from. I, don't, I would imagine it's just two for Brock. But they get play uh, at the line of scrimmage. They come out in a specific formation and then the defense lines up in a way that they are either trying to disguise what they're doing or they're trying to, or, or they're not. And you're trying to match the best play of those two. And even inside of those two, you could, let's say it's a, pass to the right or a run to the left you can still check to a run and then flip it so like you can it's not just one or the other so like you can make whatever thing you need to make so the read is based on this defense where should this ball go and then a progression is just a power ranking of where the best possible completion is based on route timing and the defense and so usually your first read is going to be the one that so let's say it's a three-step drop quarterback takes one, two, three steps back. When he hits his back foot, who should be open at the time when he hits his back foot? That's your first read. It's not the biggest one down the field or the farthest throw or the, the whatever. It's based on the timing of this route, who's there when. And especially with the 49ers that work as efficiently as they do, your first read is there. Usually your second read then is going to be on a hitch, which is just, you. if you ever see him like bounce, like everyone thinks like, oh, they, they got the ball in their hands. They're kind of popping kind up of and down. They turn body. whatever. So that's called a hitch. And basically it's first read, hit your back foot. Is it there based on certain circumstances? Yes or no. Then your second 
read or you're sec- going down the progression, second in your progression, usually on one hitch, usually on your third hit or second hitch, you go to your third read on your fourth hitch. If there is a fourth option on that play, you get to that fourth one. Maybe there's a time when your pass rush gets it so you can't get there. But the whole point of offense is, especially a quarterback, is here's your first option, here's your second option, here's your third option, and here's your fourth option once the play is called. Would it not make sense for an offense to be clicking to have it not look that impressive? Because if you're being able to go read through the defense in the right way and deliver an accurate ball, it doesn't look like anything's happening. You're not throwing into tight windows because you're reading it right. You're getting the ball out to who you need to get it out to on the time that you're needing to get it out to. So bring it back to the basketball example. When people say like Brock's not a great player, he's he's a mid-level quarterback. All right, cool. Would you rather have a point guard that is six for 26 from the field, but shoots a lot of free throws, has 10 assists, pretty good, uh, six turnovers in a game, and maybe two or three rebounds? Or would you rather have a guy that is one for four, 12 assists, no turnovers, nine rebounds? That guy's probably going to be a better, your offense will probably work better with that second guy. Well, that's why, like, Rajon Rondo, people love Rajon Rondo because he does everything. He doesn't need to score. He, you know, he's he's a facilitator. He doesn't turn the ball over. He rebounds. He's he's crafty with it, but, you know, he'll shoot when he needs to, but he's not looking. He's looking to get his teammates the ball, which is what a point guard is supposed to do. And I just I just heard, kind of side tangent, but I just heard J.J. Redick talk about it today, how Chris Paul is the last of a dying breed. He's the last of, like, the 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 short, facilitate, pass-first type of point guards. And now you've got, you know, Paulo Benchero, Benchero, however you say his name, from from Orlando, who's bringing the ball up, and he's like six nine. You got these tall dudes. or Tyrese. Yeah, like you, you got guys who aren't really like point guards per se. Their their position is basketball. Um, I'm not sure where I'm going with that, but continue. But the, just the point of having a a point guard, the the really good. It feels like the really good basketball offenses and the really good football offenses have the thing in common where it doesn't really look that hard when they do it really well. Where they're like, and the Chiefs on. Sunday when they played the Bills, it was that. Like they averaged seven point seven a play, nuts, nuts in an NFL game. They averaged seven point seven a play, and it didn't look hard because Mahomes is that good to just be on schedule, get the ball where it needs to go. And there's a guy wide open. Cool. There should be a guy wide open. If you scheme it right, there you go. We've we have caused confusion. We've taken advantage of that confusion. But when people say that, like, Brock is just a mid level. All right, man. You you keep hanging on to the fact that you want Justin Herbert. Where's Justin Herbert right now? He's chilling on the couch. How many playoff games he won? Not as many as Brock, I'm guessing. I think the grand total is zero. Eesh. Zero playoff games won. Great player. Better arm. Objectively better arm. And he's got awesome weapons around him. Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams. I mean, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler. Where's his hate? Just saying. Like, And again, we're, this is Cyclone Fanatic. But and, and, and Mahomes, you know, when Mahomes had... Tyreek Hill, he was, I mean, Tyreek Hill's the fastest guy in the league, bar none. You got him. You got maybe the best tight end in the history of the game. And, yeah, he looks phenomenal. No one's no one's saying, oh, Mahomes is a system quarterback. He's just chucking it deep and letting Tyreek run under it. No, and now that Tyreek's gone, you've seen Mahomes struggle this year. And now, I mean, they've got it back on track. And, again, Mahomes and Lamar are not fair comparisons because they are. But you see that he's, but, yeah. he's, he's more human now, right. now that he right. has to actually facilitate to non-freak as right. freaky athletes. Yeah. And it's just one of those things like, and again, this is like, it's, it's cyclone fanatic. Like you're on our side. <laughs> Everybody listening to this thinks that Brock is a really good quarterback, yeah. but this is more ammunition to share with your friends that say he's a mid-level quarterback, which again, you can just use this line and say, would you rather have the point guard that shoots it 25 times and has fouls out and turns the ball over a ton? Or would you rather have a guy who shoots one time with 10 assists and eight rebounds? That's the guy you want. He's the trigger puller. Just get everything around. Get the ball to your playmakers because I imagine Christian McCaffrey is better at carrying the ball than Brock Purdy is. Get it out of your hand to get it to Christian McCaffrey. See what happens. That's right. And that's, you know, kind of the objective of the quarterback is to get the ball to your playmakers. And then when it's not scrambled and Brock's good enough to yeah. scramble when he needs to, which he led his team on a drive. Yeah. That was impressive. You know, exactly. That's Kill what... dropped the first, the, the first down pass and then Brock went through his progressions. No one was there and he scrambled for however long, how far it was and I think almost got a first down and then. Yeah. And then yeah. McCaffrey scores. I mean, that's where I think the middle finger comes from is because like he's not a good quarterback. He he can't win or he can't throw it. To... Just came back against the hot, potentially the hottest team in the NFL. 
and uh, won in wet conditions after having objectively a bad game. Like the, the first half was bad for Brock. Turns out, came back later and won the game. The, the other, um, here, just ammunition for you and your presumably Iowa Hawkeye friends when they talk about how Brock Purdy is a, a trash quarterback. Noodle arm. Is Kurt Warner a system quarterback? He's a Panther, so they don't, they don't care about no, it. But, it. but it's the same argument. So uh, Kurt Warner, he managed to start because of injury. Trent Green gets hurt. Kurt Warner comes in. He's got Isaac Bruce, Azahir Hakim, Marshall Falk, I mean, Marshall, all three of them are Hall of Famers. He wins a Super Bowl ring, takes him to another one. Is Kurt Warner a system quarterback? Is Peyton Manning? I mean, and then you go, oh, no, Ed, he Edwin, went to Edwin James. He, he, went to, he went to Arizona and he took Arizona to Super Bowl with Larry Fitzgerald. What, potentially top three to five greatest wide receivers of all time. Is, is he a system quarterback? You can't have it both ways. But what, either, what's, either Kurt Warner is a system quarterback and Brock Purdy is, or neither one is. You cannot have it both ways. And this is the last thing I'll say about it, because I know I'm kind of kind of getting grant gripish, but um Grant's gripes. Um you know, people are saying, Oh, Brock Purdy's a system quarterback. Well, Garoppolo and um Trey Lance had had the weapons too. And same system. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy took him to a Super Bowl, to be fair. Yeah, it was just sure. not near as good. Yeah. They were just substantially Didn't they worse. they the ball off a record amount of times with Jimmy Garoppolo or yeah. something? Like, in that NFC Championship, he threw, like, five passes. Yeah. Or something I, It was, it was like I think, that. legitimately, like, seven was, pass attempts. That, yeah, is, like, that is being carried when you're literally not. Raheem Mostert just, had, like, 300 yards rushing or something like that. Let me. Yeah. Aiden's going to efforting that one. Um, the other team that I was just kind of interested in, other, before we get to, like, Bill's Chiefs, is... I said it before, is there anyone in America that's not rooting for the Lions? Oh, man. Cool story. And you see that uh, Montgomery was pumping his gas at, at the gas station today, and some lady came up crying and was like, thank you so much. Like, it means a lot. That's such a cool story. I, well, this is a side tangent. So, like, I have a professional goal of being on, like, a regional or national broadcast for college football. And so because of that, you kind of get into the weeds of, like, production quality. And I've done enough games and stuff to, like, pay attention to it. NBC Sports for the NFL is, for my money, the best at just – a bro- making a broadcast of quality. Just the, the producers are the best. Um, I think Fred Godelli is the one that is the head producer at Sunday Night Football, which is the one that like Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth, them. It, Fred Godelli is is really, really good. He was on um, Sunday Night Football when it was like Madden and Summerall, when it, or Monday Night Football when it was Madden and Summerall, and then he went over to NBC. Anyway, uh, the intro that they had for the Lions game this weekend for the Buccaneers. It, did you get to see that like right away? It, no, it was so masterfully done. And just the way that they broadcast this, like if you had the game DVR, just go back and watch this. Like it's just sit down. I mean, tune out as much as else as you can. So they started with talking about, there was an 87 year old fan that they highlighted in the stands. Who's had season tickets since what? 1957 or something like that. He has seen, or 1964 or whatever. He's seen one playoff win. And it was in 1991. He saw one playoff win in his entire life. And he's been a season ticket holder since the 60s. They showed him on the game last time. So they entered, they started this, this little package with talking to this guy about what the lines mean to him. And the end of the game in the, the win against the Rams, which was as perfectly scripted as you could have it. There was a, they cut to the fan reactions like towards the end of the game. And there's this guy that's got his fist up in the air and he's, he's like maybe about our age. He's got, and he's like crying and he's got his fist up there and he kind of looks like a bro. And you kind of dismiss that as like, ah, just some drunk guy is really happy. Well, they talk about this guy's story. And then what I really appreciate is that they're making Detroit the story. Like the city of Detroit is the story. And this team is just a representation of that. So they were talking about, they go to this 87-year-old fan who's seen one playoff win until that last week. And they got to this guy and they said, and I don't remember his name, I'm just kind of call him, you know, John Smith. And this this matters just as much to John Smith. And they show the video of him like losing, crying, whatever, who a couple years ago buried his dad in a lion's jacket who never got to see a win. Wow. And they cut to that and then they interview him about what the lions mean to him. And then they cut to a bunch of people that say like, this city bleeds with the blue of the lions. And they just cut into that and then right after that package gets done, they cut to the crowd and everybody's waving white towels. It's 130 decibels in there. And Mike Tirico just goes, uh, after they do like the initial with, I forget the name of the, the sideline reporters, they do a little sideline reporters. It comes back up to Tirico and Tirico goes, and opening kickoff, Tampa Bay is going to kick off to the Detroit Lions. And we're just going to shut up and get out of the way because this is too good not to or whatever. Oh, and they cool. just stopped and they just panned around and showed the crowd like the handling of that moment was 
perfect. And like, it just continues to like elevate how much you're just rooting for the lions because of how much you see it matters to the people of Detroit. So like, I'm, I mean, I'm very torn. I think I'm probably rooting for the lions because I'm a big underdog guy and the 49ers have had their time in the sun, but like Brock versus the lions, this is a no lose. If you're in the camp that we are for, for me, whoever wins that game, I want to see them win the, the super bowl because I don't, It'd be cool to see the Ravens and, and Charlie get one. And Lamar kind of get that monkey off his back. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want the Chiefs to win, obviously. So hope yeah. they lose this weekend. Um, but I, I, I want whoever whoever wins in the 49ers-Lions game. That, that's who I want to win the Super Bowl. Just that, I mean, because it, it'd, be, it'd be cool because, obviously, for Brock and the 49ers to win again. But then the city of Detroit, how, how can you root against that? Because it's, it's so good. Coach Dan Campbell is, you know, he's, he's big on, too, like, the people in this city are just blue collar, just hard working. And like the team has adopted that. And like, that's how they kind of go about their business is just hard working. No, it's the grindstone, which and David Montgomery work. is perfect yes. for that. Absolutely. Perfect. Yes. There is. It feels like there's no better. I mean, you look at like, and then Jack Campbell, he's an Iowa guy, like an Iowa Hawkeye, but like those two personalities, like on offense and on defense, you couldn't find like a better representation of like blue collar, I don't give a shit. If we get in a fight and you knock out a couple of my teeth, you better knock all of them out. Cause I'm going to come back. Like that's just the way that they go about doing it. It's just so much fun to watch Detroit. Yeah. They're, they're a fun team and you know, they've got a lot of, uh, a lot of weapons They they helped, uh, both of my fancy football teams win, win championships. I had quite <laughs> hey, a few guys on, on the team. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Um, what I have receipts. Okay. Well, what the, uh, fantasy football thing or what no. the, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh my God. So that's an Iowa uh, quarterback stat line right there. This is no, it's not enough interceptions. Uh, So this is the what? 2020, 2020, 2020. So like 2019 season for the 2020 NFC championship. Uh, The 49ers beat the Packers 37 to 20. And you'd think, man, that must've been a really uh, high. There's a lot of passing output. Jimmy Garoppolo is six for eight for 77 yards and took an eight yard sack. So his net yardage that he contributed to the team would have been, what, 69 total yards? Nice. Well, you also have to look at his rushing yards. Uh, his rushing he yards, had he had negative four one. carries from minus one, so 68 yards. Sorry, not, not nice as anymore. Nice. So 68 yards that Jimmy Garoppolo con- contributed to the offense. Raheem Mostert had 29 carries for 220 yards and four touchdowns. Debo had two carries for 43 yards, uh, and they uh, they beat the Packers 37 to 20. Yeah, 42 of their 50 plays called were runs. That's uh, that's, that's a system. crazy. I didn't that's think a, of it like that, but yeah, that's insane. That's a system quarterback. That's what, and to me, when you look at that, that's what people are saying Brock is. Now, if you were to pull up Brock's stat line from this game, I think he was 23 of 37 or 23 of 39 or something like that with uh, one touchdown, no interceptions, and a win. You know, like same thing. I mean, and, and people are going to, you know, People have said, I've seen all, all over social media, people have said, you know, well, he four, four interceptions versus the Ravens. Oh, you mean he was actually human for once and played against a really good team? What about the other 30 games he's played in? And what about the other games he's had four touchdowns, no interceptions? Yeah, I'm talking about those. This is, uh, this is another thing that is interesting. So like from a football X's and O's standpoint, the teams that have gotten to this point are teams that can dictate the terms of the game. And when you're dictating the terms of the game, uh, so this is uh, Brock's stat line from Saturday as, as we get pulled up. And for those that are watching on YouTube, yeah. 23 for 39, 252 yards, one touchdown, one sack for seven yards. Uh, and that's still not his best game. You know, like he played relatively poorly for Brock Purdy standards. And, and of their, yeah, of their 63 plays, 39 of them were passes. Like it's not like, you know, all but eight of them were, were runs. Yeah. So uh the the 49ers so it, it, what i what i was getting at is as far as like teams that can dictate pace the reason why that ravens 49ers game got so out of whack later early in the year is because the ravens got the position in the game that they wanted to and could then dictate terms versus if the 49ers that first interception that Kyle Hamilton had in that game the one where Brock made a bad read where uh I don't know. If, I, I don't know if they call it a hunter or a sniper. Who's the backs? Who, who if there's a an over route? If I if you're the quarterback and there's a route on the left, an over route is one that kind of runs from your left side to your right side and kind of climbs over. Well, the safety on the right, a lot of times that's the hunter sniper, whatever you want to call it, who should be pulled out of there by another route. But sometimes because they know an over route is coming, that safety will just sit there and wait for the ball and then come underneath. That's what Kyle Hamilton. That's that first pick. 
the 49ers are driving down. If that if they get that touchdown and it's a tie game or even seven to three, they can run, they can play action, they can still let Trent Williams go downhill and block somebody because they can then continue the momentum. And then Brock doesn't have to throw it all that, throw it in situations where you know you're throwing it because the offense isn't built to do that. It's a run blocking offensive line and a running, basically have two running backs between McCaffrey and Debo that are going to play downhill. And the Ravens got them out of that game and then ran away with it. The Ravens, the Chiefs, the Lions, and the 49ers have been the best. And you'd argue that the Cowboys were prior to getting smoked by the Packers. The Cowboys, if those teams got dictated the pace the best, if the 49ers were to meet up with the Ravens again and they get a lead, that game could go almost the exact inverse of that because of how good 49ers are by just putting pressure on you once you do have a lead. So uh, I, I wouldn't say that it's like, man, Brock had four interceptions to play. They play the Ravens again. He's going to suck again. Depends on how the gameplay goes. If they play with the lead and they can turn Bosa loose, they can turn Chase Young loose and they can let Fred Warner run around and spy, spy Lamar and, and all those kinds of things. He has to throw a zillion times. Lamar might make, bring him back because he's Lamar Jackson. He's, Again, generational freak, but I don't know. These, I would not necessarily count the fact that Baltimore would run away with whatever game they're going to play. Well, the NFL is scripted. You know that, right? So <laughs> if you, 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 you see if that the NFL was scripted, the Packers would have beat the 49ers, no. and then the Lions would have beaten the Packers at home no. in the NFC Championship, and the, the bugaboo team that they had to do, and then they go to the Super Bowl, that would have been the script. No, this, this it's scripted because you, you look at the, the Super Bowl logo, the colors oh, are the purple Ravens. And no, the Ravens and, and, and the red for, for the Niners, so yeah. it's going to be the Ravens, and, and it's been like that for the last two or three Two or three Super Bowls. And there is no coincidences don't happen on this planet. There it is. They don't Mostly happen. purple. They're saying Ravens are going to win. The coincidence, coincidences don't happen on this planet. They there don't. They don't. There's no, co everything has a purpose. That's right. Humans are really good at planning and they're able to execute all these things. Keep it a secret from the rest of the world. Scripted. Uh, so, I don't know. We, we could talk Chiefs Bills if we want to. Well, they, can I just shout out AJ though? Yeah, dude, cool story. Dude, that's another cool, just great story. So AJ was literally on getting ready for vacation to go to Key West with his kids. Like his wife and his kids were getting ready to go on vacation. And the Bills were so injured that they called him and said, hey, we don't even know of anybody that can know this defense in a day. Can you come back and be a backup on the team? Hey, is, he, this, is this AJ? You got the same number? Yes. Uh, you still here, bud? Yeah. Uh, you've been what, running a little bit. Uh, so he gets picked up literally, what, like Saturday, Sunday? And he shows up. They practice. And then uh, their starter, starting Mike Linebacker, gets hurt in like the first quarter. And then all of a sudden, AJ, who was, again, getting ready to go on vacation, hasn't played a football game in months, uh, is thrust into the starting lineup against the Steelers in a playoff game and then has to go be the starter against the chiefs who of between Isaiah Pacheco, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are the top five at each one of their positions in the league. And you've got to be the Mike linebacker against that on 10 days, 15 days Poop, after you, he, he was calling the plays in the huddle. Yes. Too. He was the green. He was the Mike. The, I mean, it is. And then he, he, he led the team in tackles versus the Steelers. Wild. It is wild. The dude was he was he was licking the Cheeto dust off his fingers when they called. Oh yeah, I'll come suit up. Sure. I mean, I was gonna go get some grouper tacos and a Corona, but I mean, I could come play. Because yeah. is that his first action of the season? Uh, th yeah, I think he didn't play all year because he got traded to the Bears in, in some action and then retired after getting traded to the Bears and then moved. I think he. I don't know if he moved back to Buffalo. I don't know where he was living at the time, but like, <laughs> he was, all right, AJ. Uh, we need you here, buddy. If I was ever in the NFL, that'd be my in my clause. Like if I ever got released, I'm not signing until someone's in the playoffs and then you sign me. <laughs> you just gotta make sure you stay. Well, did in you shape. see Zach Ertz? Zach Ertz just got signed, yeah. With the, with the Lions, yeah. yeah. Just what now. kind of ring chasing is this? What? This is all time. I mean, to be fair, they also need a tight end. Like they need a body, and they're like, uh Yeah, but him waiting until now to sign with the team is kind of hilarious. It's I, I would do the exact same it's thing. Solid. Just to be clear. It's solid. And he's he's practice squad too. Like, so he could well, I think they're going to activate him. Just be as, as allegedly. I would. Mm, Even Laporta be that kind of kind of saucy. Well, <laughs> Zach Zach Ertz hasn't played in like thirteen weeks. Didn't he play in like week three? Was the last game, last action that he had with he's the Cardinals? He's still like a stud though. Married to an Olympian. So. Yeah, he's, his wife's probably a better athlete. Yeah, Sign his wife. Yeah. Sign his wife. Need a kicker. Uh, 
Oh, dude, speaking of kickers, I feel bad for uh, Tyler, Tyler Bass. Bass. Yeah. Oh, boy. He, Did you, that was a snap hook, man. Was that wind or was that some, some stank on the ball? It was wind. It was wind. But How do my, you aim that? So so if, if it's wind left to right, I would always... Hit the, aim at the left upright? Ish. So you, you always want to aim in between the uprights, obviously, unless it's like a, a crazy gust. But even then, I would put it just outside. Like UNLV my freshman year, it was so bad in our face, which is different because it's in your face that... Like from thirty yards, I was short because it'd go up and it'd go backwards. Yeah, um, but for me, when I was kicking, most most righties, when they get a hold of it, it kind of loops right to left. But mine would do exactly what his kick did; would loop left. Well, and to I'd right. imagine that's like a golf swing too. Like there's my I tend to naturally play with like a, a small slice, like not slight, it's a slight fade, like slice when it's bad. But it's a, a slight fade. So like anytime the wind is left to right, I'm a right-handed golfer. Anytime the wind is left to right, it's a lot harder for me because it's pushing the ball a lot more into that wind. And I can't change the shot shape because I'm not that good. Uh, so I re- you really, it screws with your aiming versus if there's a right to left wind of equivalent intensity, that's easy because then it just holds, instead of it fading left to right, it just kind of goes straight because the fade happens into the, the thing. So I would imagine kickers have the same thing. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, um, with, with some guys you do, and I don't know what, you know, I don't know what caused my balls to do that sometimes balls balls. Um, but with, when, with his kick, it looked like he was aimed right on the middle. He was from 44, I think it was. So he was far enough out and the wind was strong enough. He should have been aiming that thing a few feet inside the left upright and let it, it pull back in. Yeah. Because if he, if the wind dies right then, you're still putting it inside the left upright. But if he were to play the wind like he should have, you still would he still would have made that. Do you think pressure had something to do with that? Like that decision? Because uh, there is, I mean, you can imagine being a field goal kicker in Buffalo based on their history of field goal kicking in a moment against the biggest freaking hated rival of the Kansas City Chiefs who keep stealing your lunch money and you finally get a chance to send it to overtime. Like that, that pressure is there do you th- did that have something to do with bass i think he, he's probably a little tight sphincter but i th- also think that he is a seasoned enough pro that i don't really think he should have that pressure but it's also yeah with the history of the bills and you know just being a kicker and with the game on the line i'm, I'm, I'm sure you know he could have felt some pressure you know what i saw today though is that the bills are the reason that the chiefs have patrick mahomes in 2017 the bills traded the chiefs uh like a the Bills traded the Chiefs their first round pick, so it was the tenth overall pick. And then the Chiefs got, or the Bills got, like, uh, whatever it was, like uh, the ninety first pick, a third round pick, and then the first pick for the next year for twenty eighteen. And with that pick, the Chiefs uh, took Patrick Mahomes. Man, and he has just been their kryptonite. But and I would also say this too, like if Patrick Mahomes didn't sit for what was a year and a half behind mm-hmm. Alex Smith, yep. with Andy Reid in a situation that allows for his creativity to be functional. He wouldn't be the same player that he is either. So like, it's not, it's not all system quarter. It's not like baseball where like a good pitcher who can just throw gas, like Nolan Ryan is going to throw a ball past somebody because the mound is exactly the same, like 60 foot six baseballs or the plates, same width box is same spot. Everything's the same place to place to place. Doesn't matter. And it's all mono mono. I'm going to chuck this by you. Quarterback is such an integrated position that every quarterback, Every single one, Tom Brady included, every single one is better when the system fits them and the personnel fits their game. Every single one of them. Now, there are some to that degree, some whose that degree is bigger and smaller than others. Like, again, a guy like Lamar, they've had a few different offensive systems since he's been in there and they've all been good. But this one's been better because they finally got receivers around him. They got Zay Flowers, they got Odell Beckham, and they got uh, Rashad Bateman. They Mark Andrews might come back, but you got Isaiah Likely, like talent to that you can actually throw to. And then Todd Monken, who is the quarter the coordinator for the Georgia Bulldog National with Stetson Bennett in the national title games, you have him actually calling a game that is and running a system that is conducive to what Lamar does really well and not forcing him into things that he doesn't do well or forcing him to be in harm's way more than he is. So a guy like Lamar, he is Perhaps the biggest plug and play, you pick him up, put him on any other team, that team's in the playoffs. Doesn't matter. But the degree to which his good is great is better when he matches the system. So, like, to a degree, every quarterback is a system quarterback. 
Yeah, and I, I don't know. I'm, I've been so impressed with with Brock's um, just his decision making for the most part, and just his accuracy. He's made some crazy throws where you know it's a guy jumping and it's four inches above his fingers or just a tight window. And with Mahomes, not not saying he's not a, a good quarterback. Obviously, he's a generational guy, but he's I, I would I would say that Tyreek bailed him out at some point. You saw it with you see it with with Tua. You know he's got Tyreek and uh, Jalen Waddle, two of the faster guys in the league, and you just just chuck it and go. Just go get him. Yeah. So. I don't know. I'm I I I I'm not sure just how accurate Mahomes is. What what's more impressive is accuracy or his just playmaking abilities. I think just play, and, and play, yeah. playmaking. I think is the thing that that sticks out the most with Mahomes is that like when you need something to happen, more times than not he's going to make it happen. And that's the thing. Like no matter how he gets it done, that's the thing that's impressive. Um, I think to wrap up the NFL, this before, by the time we get recorded again, we're going to know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Uh, I rooting interest. I think Detroit, like I'm going to root for Detroit, but I'll be happy if San Francisco wins in the NFC. I'm not going to make any predictions because I don't want to jinx my, I don't want to jinx it. Either team. What would I want to happen? Uh, and then a full throat rooting for the Ravens. Just, it, and it's, we've talked about my, my dislike for the, it's really just the chief's defense, like the chief's defense personality wise. There's a bunch of dickheads on that team. The Packers also have a bunch of dickheads on the team on, on the defensive side. Uh, but it just doesn't seem, I mean, other Anthony Johnson, not a dickhead, Anthony, not a dickhead. Uh, but anyway, like just have guys that are just hard to root for when you don't really have a rooting interest and they've been there for forever. Like they've had enough drinks at the water fountain, get out of line, let somebody else have a drink at the water fountain. That's because they're, it's, uh, the 49ers haven't won one in a while, but they've been to a few. So if it's Ravens lions, that is two teams that haven't been in there, been there in a while. Uh, Ravens won probably last one KO was there. That's true. Yeah, it was what, 2012. Yeah, 2012, 13, yeah. whenever it was. Uh, so you have, and Lamar's never been there. The Lions haven't ever been there. Like that's like. L- Lamar Lamar didn't win the Super no. Bowl. Lamar's never won a Super Bowl. He's only Flacco. won one. Flacco was Flacco. a quarterback. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Talk about Flacco, dude. Joe, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco, bro. Baltimore Rose, dude. I'm sick. Uh, duck. Um, they, but yeah, like, I don't know. I'm rooting for Ravens versus either team, in the NFL, or you know NFC. what? Shirtless Jason Kelsey though. Kind of made me like, okay, with the chiefs, like this, he was getting it. The, dude, the dude's retired, just having fun. The, and the chiefs offense is fun to watch. Like it is a good, consistent offense when they have, when Rishi Rice has kind of actually become like a competent wide receiver, who's actually can play the position as opposed to just like catch and run. Travis Kelsey is probably the best tight end to ever play. And IJ Pacheco just is a, violent violent runner he he runs like a kid is trying on shoes for the first time at the <laughs> shoe store he runs like he, someone owes him money or something like that's like he's, like he's mad at the ground yeah yes. Ma- that's what Mahomes said he's he like stops. he runs like he's angry at the ground and just like the the knee thrust like the high knee just like hot hot the the, the ground is lava yeah like, he's just he's he's running in on bare feet across asphalt at uh like the public pool and he's so like he's so um just fundamental, like when he like shuffles up, like when he's next to Mahomes and shuffles over to get the, the handoff. You know, he doesn't like take like one step. He just like chop, 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 chop. Like I don't know. It's it's everything is. It's, it's hilarious. It's well executed. Yeah, you it's just, funny stuff. You good, Aiden? Just slap my water bottle. All good. Hey, there's, there's vodka in this domestic, domestic coming. Um, I suppose we should talk about Iowa State at least some on an Iowa State. Just dive in some hoops, man. So they they played. Should they played? They played BYU. BYU. And um, TCU, freaking Chet, man. Yeah, BYU. That that's a that's a tough team. That that's a tough matchup, and they were on. What what's upsetting is then they go and lose to whoever they just lost to. Well, because like, they're on the road, Ugh. and so like yeah. So okay, the Chet thing. I want to let the the listeners in to this. You can't tell me that I'm wrong. Look at anybody on BYU's roster. I don't care who you're looking at. They look like a guy who needs to be named Chet. Just no matter what, and his dad is a personal injury attorney who they make good money, not with, with three wives, not like super, super rich, but like rich enough that like can go to private school. Like that's what just every player at BYU looks like they should be named Chet. So every time somebody would make a three or whatever, I just, you can't help freaking Chet. <sighs> but this is a, I don't, Aiden, can you see if anybody's updated the Floyd standings? Because it feels like this is the big 12 is going to be one with the Floyd standings. Are you familiar with the Floyd standings? Ish. So, uh, Floyd standings are... Oh, template standings. Yeah, I would yeah. say it's plus one. So, it's you... 
for for those that are not super super aware what this is, I'd imagine I'm on the bottom end of explanation on this, but it doesn't matter if you win at home or lose on the road. That's a zero. But if you win on the road, that's a plus one. Or if you lose at home, that's a minus one. Yeah. And so then you, the plus minus in the Tim Floyd standings, uh, I feel like that's what's going to be that's what's going to determine who the winner is of the conference. Like you look at a team like Houston, really freaking good, really good, but they're zero two on the road, right? They lost at uh, Iowa State, and then they lost at what was it, TCU? Yes. And then they went home and kicked the ever living shit out of Texas Tech. And which is surprising because tech is a good team, but again, it's on the the road. Yeah. Yeah. And so like how, if Iowa state holds serve at Hilton, which this week is huge for that because you have Kansas state and Kansas coming in Kansas state and Kansas towards the top of the conference. And and Kansas has been subject to lose. They've been, they've been pretty suspect on the road. They lost to uh, UCF, UCF, who is booty cheeks. They'll see they're going to be the, they might be right above Oklahoma state, but then they also lost to West Virginia who, West Virginia's tough place to play, but they're also on the booty cheek kind of section, you know, kind of category. Some booty or booty cheek adjacent. Yeah. It's like a upper thigh or upper hamstring. It's like not totally a booty cheeks. It's just like upper hamstring. I think, you know, with West Virginia, they're kind of sliding closer to the gooch than just like hamstring. <laughs> it's just more, more yeah. underneath the, yeah. the, which there's still some stink, you know, there's still some stink there. <laughs> um, this is completely, uh, this, I don't know if this is going to be, is, isn't inappropriate to have a conversation because it's more of a medical term. When you're listening, <laughs> do you guys know what a perineum is? I thought you were going to schmegma. Perineum. Are you familiar with the perineum, Aiden? I'm not. It is uh, what some people call the taint or the uh. gooch. It's the space betwixt the spaces. And uh, Do you know what they call the taint? No, don't say it. There's kids in the car. Okay. There's kids in the car. But Google it, kids. Uh, <laughs> the, the funny thing about this, listen to in the commercials when there's ads for like a diabetes medication or something like that there's always may cause irritation of the skin of the perineum and they just like they just fly, lace by, it. fly yeah. by like lace that one in because people don't know what that is you're gonna hear it all the time that's a side effect you might get an irritated taint your gooch might hurt oh, after taking brutal. this medication yeah so west virginia is definitely the perineum then <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's not a is that worse isn't that worse than booty cheeks I would I would imagine it's just consistently smellier. Well, like like you know, you, you talk booty cheeks, you know, you can shorten down to cheeks, you can get them cheeks clapping. Like there's there's different <laughs> kinds of ways you can go with the booty cheeks, but like the perineum, you're not gonna clap a perineum. That's what you could. That's what you could, but the the grundle. The perineum the perineum might be worse, yeah. Gr- I feel like grundle worse. is different. Grundle's different than the perineum. <laughs> there's I, we're getting into I, Fermunda, I, we're getting into Fermunda I, cheese then. We're talking about have you ever, grundle. Uh, just from the movie Waiting. I still, I, oh my God, you haven't seen waiting. Aiden, have you seen waiting? I still can't go to like an Applebee's. I can't. Applebee's or Chili's. I haven't been back since I've watched waiting. I just, I mean, it's such a great movie, but it's so disturbing. It is so, so (laughs) disturbing because even if 1% of that stuff is true, it's disgusting. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that at all. Uh, I'll have to Google it. I'm not sure what I, just the movie waiting a plus a plus movie. Okay. Uh, it's Ryan, young Ryan. Yeah. It's like one of his. First it's one. it's it's Ryan it's Reynolds be before or after the notebook. That was Gosling. Shit, you're right. Uh don't <laughs> both, test me on my Ryan both, my Ryan's. Both very handsome fellas. We started with Iowa State basketball. We ended up in Grundle and oh, Ryan wait, Reynolds. Waiting was 2005. That probably wasn't one of his first movies then. Uh but uh Iowa State basketball, eh? Yeah, no, I was talking about uh, West Virginia, how the booty cheeks and Kansas lost to him and how Kansas Perineum. isn't Perineum. Yes. <clears throat> they're they're, they're Perineum. Um how Kansas is the little suspect on the road. Um, Kansas State, I think they're decent. I mean, the whole Big 12 is, is decent, but like, yeah, home court advantage is going to be huge in the conference. The, the TCU win was an absolute huge, huge win. Huge. Without Tamman, too. It reminded me of um, last year. When, when they played 13 dudes against Baylor. Yeah. Post uh, Caleb Grill. Yeah. So I don't know if that was uh, the last game of the year or the first game of the Big 12 tournament because they Both. played Baylor they played back to back. That's was what the, I thought. That was the the last game of the regular season. That's what I thought. So was so, so they would beaten Baylor by 15 at Baylor, I think, and I think that was the first game where where like Conrad Holly got in like, uh, with in like, regular yeah like with like six to play in the first half. Yeah, I'm like what? And the, I mean, it just the the team played really solid team ball, just selfless team ball. Um, it was really good to see. Almost gave it up at the end though. Keyshawn's got to, he's got to get a little tighter. He was kind of getting a little loose with the ball I, at the end. I think, yeah. So Keyshawn is when, if Taman's not able to play, Keyshawn becomes the 
de, de facto point guard yeah. kind of. Um, well, back to that, the Brock Purdy conversation, he's much more of the Josh Allen quarterback version of a point guard than he is the Brock Purdy version of a point guard, where Taman yeah. is more the Brock Purdy version of a point guard, which is I'm going to make the right play and the offense should look easy when I'm doing it. When If I'm in that groove, then it should look easy. And so Keyshawn, when he's good, you get Josh Allen good. When he's bad, you also get Josh Allen bad. And like there's both sides of that where over dribbling a little bit, trying to do too much, has to be the guy to take the shot. And I think that he's gotten better at that kind of game to game to game to game, especially in the TCU game. It's just still like th there's some growing. That is some of the growing that's still going to continue to happen, that there's just going to be better understanding of what to do in pressure situations, where the ball should go, who needs to have it. And, you know, hopefully Taman gets back. But even if he doesn't, then I think next time he faces that situation, he's not going to huck up a 17 foot jumper from the side yeah and um sorry i just i'll, I'll tell you after the show inappropriate um, yes okay um, i don't need to go back to it why why i keep laughing like he's found um jiggy had a great game this best game of the year though and you know when when he came in the coaches had said he was the best shooter of the of the the maybe on their team i think is what they had said and he's kind of been in a slump but i, I think it's uh a solid especially a three-point when you rely on the three-point shot a solid three-point shooter to me is kind of like a kicker who's in a funk. You just, you got to get th that first kick, that first field goal PAT that goes through the uprights, then, then you're back. You're good to go. And I think for like a three-point shooter, the first time you see the ball go through the hoop from three, you're back on. You're good to go. And I mean, you've talked about it a few times too on, on the show. I think that in the Big 12 game so far, Iowa State has had, they average like three, three, three pointers three. a game. They, they, and that's, they made you, more threes in the first half against TCU than they made in any previous big 12 game they did the most they'd made is three and three. i'm not saying that you know iowa state needs to make 13 and, and chuck up 39 like byu's doing but you got to make more than three especially if you're going to attempt you know 15 or so if and they to can unclog make the lane and to unclog the lane because that's where you want to operate Taman yep. getting downhill uh Gishon, or Keyshawn getting downhill hassan and rob and trey king getting and demarion watson getting tip back and putbacks and stuff like that that all has to happen and if you're shooting poorly then the whole offense can't work because there's no reason for someone to actually come out and stay glued to somebody, which uh, you text before the show and some show planning X factor for the team. Ooh, you want to say it on the same time on the count of three? I'm going back and forth between, between two guys. So I hope, I hope you, you say the guy that I don't. Okay. One, two, three. Hassan Kurt Ward. Ah, oh, Kurt Jones. Why Jiggy? So without an offensive threat, if he is a consistent perimeter shooter, and because his defense has been good, like that's not been a problem. But if he's an offensive liability, like Taman from three point was last year, then you're removing the capacity of having somebody like Keyshawn on the floor, or you have to play Keyshawn and Taman and him, but he's sort of just a defensive guy. And then you're only playing with four offensively. But if he can be the shooter that he is capable of being, it completely opens up the entire rest of the game because then Milan is going to be facing true one-on-ones because somebody has got to be glued to Kurt. And Taman is going to be facing probably the second best defender because the best defender has got to be in the pocket of Kurt Jones to stay in, stay attached to him. So if he can shoot well and be at least a 35% three point shooter, then that becomes a huge weapon because then Milan can do more stuff and spread out and you can have Taman spread out and Keyshawn has one-on-one -on -one opportunities and guys like Hassan and Trey and, and Bob Jones, uh, you just said a Canadian accent, Bob yeah, Jones, Bob Jones. You can't, uh, you can't hear. Oh, Minnesota. I, think he's I, from can't, Minnesota. I can't hear Bob Jones, Robert Jones. Can't hear Bob <laughs> Jones and not say it like that. Uh, so Bob. Bob Jones. Uh, so you have those guys and it, everything opens up more. If you can start cons shooting consistently from the three point, from the three point line. And Kurt Jones is the guy that can do that. And that to me is the X factor. If he's good, this team can be a lot better than what, you know, even they are now. If he stays as inconsistent as he has been in the first bit, then every game is going to be a fist fight, no matter who you're playing. I said Hassan Ward because he he has been since he's come back from injury this year, he's been so good. He has he he, he disrupts around the basket, so he's going to give you a, you know blocks when you need him. He put back dunks, put back dunks, or just lobs. I mean, he he is bringing the energy that I think a lot of people feed off of Rob Jones. You know, that's what uh, I think. Pav Jones. I think yeah, I think Pav has has said that too. Jackson Pav, yeah, the from Wisconsin, he feeds off of of Mab and uh, <laughs> Bab Jones. 
and I, th I think Hassan too. I mean, he he just he brings the juice. He brings energy. He had four offensive rebounds versus BYU, which is huge. He's all you know. He's he's putting back dunks, just bringing the he juice. He also about killed a guy against BYU, and that wasn't cool. But <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't be a basketball game in Provo between Iowa State and BYU if somebody didn't get hit in the throat. Yeah, no, that that wasn't cool. Um, but I I think Hassan because we, we need to have Iowa State needs to have one big that is. And I'm not trying to throw shade at Bob here. Athletic. Yeah, we need to have one that, that's athletic that can. I mean, I still think Bob's just that that bully who's gonna, you know, just what? Hunter Dickinson what? stuffing his ass in the locker and taking his girlfriend and his lunch money, and then this know, is I think saying what's up to his mom. But I think that Hassan is. <laughs> that's a new one. That's a new step. That's a new step. <laughs> so you're getting shoving the locker, yeah. and taking the lunch money, and then dating his girlfriend, and then also reaching out to his mom. <laughs> just Zach Wilsoning that one, when, just to when, see when how he drops when he chops off Hunter Dickinson's. <laughs> Uh, ex-girlfriend and just saying hey to um but, but I, th I think i think hassan is just you know we gotta have him he's 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 a big that is that is that is a, a big 12 uh big that yeah you need you need to have and and again no no offense to bob he, he's a hard-working well, guy and the thing that the thing that robert jones does that 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 really well to is he he is a really good teammate and he's actually one of the dudes who can flex and like oh there's muscles there uh it's when there's when guys, when really skinny guys flex after getting a dunk, it is a little funny because I'm like, all right, now do 10 pushups with your chest touching the floor and locking out at the top. I okay, bet now, you can't. Now actually flex. And anyway, uh, so the thing that Rob, that, that Bab Jones does really well is he'll set screens for guys getting the basket better than anybody on the team. Yeah. Like him, his involvement in the offense when he's not the guy with the ball and he's going to get 10 or 12 a game because he's just going to be around the rim because he's blocked somebody or he's boxed somebody out. Taman went to shoot a layup. It was contested, but because he's already got box out position, that ball comes off the rim. He's the only guy that's going to get a rebound. There's a put back. There you go. And like, that's the stuff that Bab Jones does really well. But Hassan is different in that, like put it anywhere up anywhere within four feet of the rim in any direction. And Hassan, there's a chance that Hassan can go get that. And it feels like that, yeah, that athleticism, that's, that's something Iowa State hasn't had since Jamil McKay, but he's just more consistent than Jamil. And he's, I think he's a little bit, I think he's a little bit taller. I don't remember how tall McKay was. I think maybe 6'8", 6'9", but that type of athleticism hasn't been around since Jamil McKay. I was going to I was gonna uh, potentially say Demarion Watson too because Hassan does pick up some dumb fouls at times. And Watson, he played he played the fifth most minutes last game. He, pay, he, um, he played 25 minutes, I think. And he had six off, six rebounds, four of them offensive. That block he had at the end of the game was huge. Swat, that was a swat. He, he, he is just such like he's a stat stuffer, but he's not going to get you a triple double. But he's going to get you you know five or six of, of about everything. He was, you know, he was perfect from the free throw line, which is what you need. He had a block. He had a steal. He had six rebounds, four of them offensive. I mean, he he's not going to be a guy like I said. He's not going to lead your team in scoring. Not going to lead your team in, in rebounding. But he's going to give you little things that you need at the right time. And to me, I'm not so sure if. Watson is the X factor as he is maybe a glue guy. Yeah. Well, and he's, there's really, there's four bigs and Omaha has started coming along to he play has. pretty decent minutes when he's been in there. But you understand that like he still doesn't have the concept of basketball down enough to be in the big 12 level yet, but the still more looks a little fast for him. Yeah. So the more he gets reps, the better he's going to be. But right now there's really four guys that are bigs that you can play. And Trey and Demarion are like the fours. And then, Bab Jones and Hassan are playing your fives, but you can play any combination of those four guys in there. Usually you're not going to have Trey and Demarion in there unless you're really going really small ball, but any combination, like any combination of those guys. But then if you have Hassan Ward, Demarion Watson, and then three, pick any three guards, that's a super athletic lineup. Uh, and you know, Bab is pretty good at playing out on like when he needs to. Oh, and Milan is kind of like a flex between those two guys. And a lot of times Milan and, and Demarion, Demarion's coming in for Momchilovic when he gets in foul trouble. But like, you know, you, if you have that lineup on there with Hassan Watson and then three guards, it, there's no one they can't guard. So like when there's that positionless team, like the 2000, what a 21 Texas tech team that made it to like the lead eight, what everybody's like six, eight and just physical. They can defend that team because they have guys like that. Yeah, this is a fun team. I mean, I, I really like the team, and, and they're really starting to find their identity, you know, as far as who the go-to guys are, what's working, what isn't. Um, and they're, 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 they're playing good ball at the right time. You know, you want, you want your team to be playing good ball, you know, in, in February and March, and I think this team is really um, gelling well. I think, you know, like you said, 
Omaha coming in given some good minutes and and he I think he, he needs more confidence and he's he's getting the more you play toss him to the wolves and you're gonna sink or swim and I think he needs more minutes and in the right time though I mean you know we we, we beat beat that dead horse um, enough but yeah I just I think this team's playing really well ball really good ball and they complement each other well I think Tame will be back too for Kansas State um, I don't think he was injured I think he's just hurt just dinged up and there's a difference between being hurt and injured um, but yeah I'm just I'm really impressed with this team right now. It's fun. It's fun to watch winners. Also, Twister Sisters, man. Just that that is I mean, I hate to just like leave it to the the end. Just, they only played once last week. Uh but, and, but picked up two wins. But picked up two wins. Cool. Um, but just the the I love the the just the dynamic of that roster. And like Addie Brown and Audie Crooks are I don't know, what's the girl version of dudes? Like they're dudes. I don't know whatever whatever the colloquialism, they are studs. Can you spell that for me? Colloquialism? Yes. Uh, I got who, bad news. What? They only won one game last week. Just the the forfeit. Yeah. They only played once. They, they they played they but they played Saturday. They won Saturday, lost Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then got the forfeit for Saturday. So it within a seven day span, but just within one week of today, they only won Correct. once, and it was there, a forfeit. There were, they there lost. Were, once. There were two. They two lost numbers. They got time. added to their. Just one. Whatever. Saturday, Tuesday, They're Saturday. They're also unranked now. What? Which the, is crazy. How? The men, the men jumped up one from 24 to 23. How? Well, it sucks they didn't get to play TCU. And they're just beating. If they pick up a win against TCU, they're, yeah, they, stay ranked. they stay probably right where they're at. You know, honestly, at this point, who cares about rankings? Good. That's yeah. also a very good point. And if, if, if you're ranked, awesome. If you're not, go win. They're, they're still top three of the Big 12. Top two. Top two, yeah. So top two. K-State's the only other one. Yep. And, uh, or you take case eight is Baylor. I don't remember. No, Baylor's got two losses. Anyway. Uh, I'd like, I hate to just like shoehorn at the end, but like, it feels like the Iowa state women are appointment television because they are so much fun when Audie Crooks gets in a rhythm that like she's consistent and knows where the defender is weak, whether it's right side, left side, or if it's establishing position early, or if it's trying to stay moving or whatever, when she gets position and is, is established in there, the whole offense, like you watch every defender, as soon as she gets the ball, just sucks down on to hoping that they can get the ball. And she's just going to leave the ball up and just hit a layup every time. And then Addie Brown is going to come and be like, she seems like the type of person or the type of, uh, I don't remember who I, who I said was this, or who this was last year. But like you look down at the stat sheet and you're like, she's got 12 and 10. What? Like just because she does so many dirty little things of like probably Emily Ryan. Yeah. And it's just like you don't realize how good statistically they are until you look down at the stat sheet and you're like, oh my God, how she's four assists away from a triple double. Oh, okay, I, I guess. So I don't know. This it is so much fun to watch this team and they can just continue to get better and better and better. And then Emily Ryan and they're young. Able, they're yeah, young. And Emily Ryan being able to be out there and just be like this steadying, like, hey, relax. Like when something happens, you know, they have every time there's a, a either a free throw or like a, a break in the action and they got a little huddle thing. Everybody's looking at Emily like every single time, no matter what, if she's on the floor, she's saying something, getting everybody together. And then everybody just goes to do stuff. I, it is, it is such a cool dynamic. I'm, I don't, I don't know what, when do they play this week? Aiden efforting. They play Wednesday at six 30. Wednesday. So Wednesday release. Tonight, 6.30, if you're listening, on Wednesday. And then Saturday, in more... Well, Kansas is also away, obviously, since the men are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, home. Kansas, yeah. Um, and then Saturday, 1 o'clock, at West Virginia. West Virginia, also ranked 24. Yeah, that's and and you know what they say about West Virginia? I Grundle. don't think you should say it. Grundle. Perineum? Perineum. Uh, I think the only thing we got to do is... Uh, so, Goldfinch, uh, Goldfinch Athletics, this comes out on Wednesday... Uh, if you're a DMPS student, it starts today. Rookies and uh, our junior high program starts today, 3.45 for the young'uns, uh, if you're an elementary school student, and then it starts at 4.30 for the junior high folks. So if you hadn't registered, you could just show up. We can have you register kind of day of once we get there. So if you want to, come, still uh, check it out. It's at Central Campus for DMPS students at any elementary school, 3.45 tonight, if you're listening to this on Wednesday. Uh, and if you missed it this first one and you're just listening to this on Thursday or whatever, still come next week. We're, we're glad to have you. So anyway, I'm super pumped to get that going. We had 31 registrations for the junior high program and 17 for the elementary school program. Nice. So it's going to be a it's going to be a party. It's going to be fun. I don't know. Like I said, the, the whole goal of this 
of anything with our Goldfinch speed or Goldfinch sports performance, which is Goldfinch sports performance is in-house, Goldfinch speed is remote. Uh, anytime with those programs, our goal, our main goal is to just improve the relationship that kids have with exercise so that it's not, I'm going to lift so I can play football better. And then when football's done, I don't want to lift anymore because it's just a means to an end. But if you can build exercise as a thing that is enjoyable to do, and that's worth doing in the first place, and it gets you better at your sport, when the sport is done, you still want to exercise. So you build someone a lifetime of health and function and fitness just because you can improve their, their relationship to exercise. That's what we try and do. So it's going to be both effective, but it's also going to be fun and build a relationship that this is a good thing to do. So that's what we're trying to do the entire time. So Wednesday, 345. And so as you Central get older, Campus. it's important to keep keep moving and keep yeah. work, keep stretching, keep lifting, keep. And, yeah, I'm and, trying I'm trying to get that trying to get kicked up. And and so <laughs> you got to you got a ways to go, buddy. You got a lot, I, uh, lot more protein to eat. Yeah, you know, I've always kind of had a pancake ass. I'm trying to get a little bit of little bit of donk going, but a little more, uh, a little more booty cheeks. Trying to get them booty cheeks clapping. So this may cause irritation. Let's get into the parenting. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners who are still listening. Um, fun show today. And as always, remember: adopt, don't shop.